0: Today is the 30th of June. It's the final day, as Pastor Dab said a moment ago, of June. It's also one week since we completed our journey in that whole conference part of the pursuit of God. I want to start with a question. I want to ask you this. In a few months' time, when you remember your June, how do you want to remember it? What is the month of June going to be when you look back in six months? Is it going to be a point where you prayed more, or a point where you started to pray more, and you still do? Amen? And that question, we're going to come back to it at some point. But let's just bow our heads and pray as we start. Amen. And so, Heavenly Father, we are grateful for this morning. We're grateful for the opportunity to come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for your word. As it goes forth, Father, let it not return to you void. Amen. But we pray, Lord, that it will accomplish all for which it has been sent, and that each one of us, Father, will be better and closer to Christ at the end of this service. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so, ladies and gentlemen, let's go on a journey together. Let's see how we'll do. You know, traditionally, a sermon would typically be one-to-many, but how about we change that a little bit this morning. Let's, let's get you guys interacting and be involved in this. I think there's a, yeah, there's a thing behind me there. Lalu, can we have that screen first, please? Can you pull out your phones if you have one? I want you guys to get involved in this sermon. We're going to build a sermon together. How about that? Yeah? So if you, if you have a phone, a, a smartphone, does someone say smartphone? Yes. Yeah, it's not a Nokia 63. I forgot that one at home. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to bring that phone, actually. That's a great phone. So, if you have a phone, can you go to menti.com and just put in that code, if you can, very quickly. So, we're all going to be involved in this. We're going to build a sermon together. You know, June was the month of our pursuit of God. Yes, if it's quicker, you can scan the code. How many people are there? You're there? Almost there? Okay, just put that code in, and then you'll begin to follow the sermon together, and we'll build it together. I want to ask you two questions. I want to ask you the questions very quickly this morning. And uh, how many people enjoy the pursuit of God? Hmm? You did? Okay, you guys put the code in, you're fine. Okay, can we have the first question, please? Brilliant. Can I ask you guys this? You'll see on your screens and on your phone. You'll be able to answer this question. Did you participate in the pursuit of God? Quick question, everybody. Very simple question. Yes physically, yes, online. People are voting already. Oh, wow. Yes, physically, yes, online, yes, both. No, if somehow you did not know that we're in the pursuit of God, maybe you're on a different planet or maybe you're visiting Jesus' house this morning. Let's see how many people were involved. Oh, a lot of people were in both. They were online and they were both physical as well. I think at this point I should say that the people at home online are voting as well. So let's not be deceived by that. If I did this, those people online, we love you. Let's say hi to everybody online. Say hi, everybody. Hi. hi. What I did just then, they will see it in 60 seconds. So in about 60 seconds time, we'll see. So when they finally see me doing this, that was 60 seconds ago for them. So we'll see they have both shoot up in a second. So it seems like a lot of people were involved in pursuit of God physically here. A lot some more people, a little bit more, both online. 237 people voting. Maybe about 600 people in the room. Fantastic. Okay. Let me ask you a second question. Quick one. Second question. Very quickly. People will still continue. Let me vote as well, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Second question. What aspect of Pursuit of God 2019 impacted you the most? Yeah? Yeah, You guys are quick on the ball. So the 24-7 on-site prayers, the evening sessions, the worship nights, the morning webinars, the daily declarations that Pastor Agu sent each morning, the 21-day Bible reading plan, anointing service. If you have wanted more than one, you can only choose one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just wanted to get a sense of what impacted you the most. Okay, so you pick one. Evening sessions. Oh, that's that's trending. I would say the 24/7 morning webinars. Nobody wakes up in the morning to pray. Two percent. Yeah. Huh? Yeah? Okay. So what's second? Ah, uh, 18. Daily declarations. Yeah, those were fantastic. Pastor, let's appreciate Pastor Agu. 21 days of those wonderful messages. Yeah, so th- those were really, really, really life-changing. So I think a lot of people experienced and enjoyed the, uh, being in church here. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, you know the one thing that all these parts of Pursuit of God had in common? Every single one of them was on the foundation of prayer. Does that make sense? Everything, whether you came for the anointing service, the the 24-7 prayers, the Bible reading plan, it was all on the bed of prayer. Does this make sense? So what I want to talk to us about, you know, we've just come off the pursuit of God, and for many of us, for pretty much everybody, that's a spiritual high. 21 days of pursuing God, we had these prayers going on. You could literally turn up here anytime, just get involved in the prayers. It was scheduled, there was structure to it, all this was going on. But when there's a spiritual high, we must be careful to avoid a spiritual low. Remember the story of Elijah, 1 Kings 18 and 19. He had defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, 400 of them, called down fire. All this happened. And the next moment, what does Ahab do? The king, he tells his wife Jezebel that this is what Elijah has done. Elijah says, (laughs) how does she put it? May the gods do to her, can you imagine what she says? If she does not make him like one of these prophets by this time tomorrow, what does Elijah do? He takes off. He runs for his life because he knows that Jezebel is after him. The fear that he experienced after such a spiritual high was palpable. And we know he could run. Well, the, the time he outran Ahab's chariot, that was the Spirit of God coming upon him. This one was not the Spirit of God. He ran for his life. He took off because he knew he had to go because Jezebel was after him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it is important that we are, as we come off the pursuit of God in terms of the conference part of the, of the, the 21 days, like Pastor Agu said, it's not a period of time and only. It's a lifestyle that we're developing. Amen? The 21 days, 23 days, however long, that maybe was a catalyst. But now we have to retain the strength that we gain in the place of the Spirit. Amen? We must therefore be careful and not be unaware of the wiles of the enemy, by the way. Where do you want to be in six months? The MOT of your spiritual life, the MOT of my spiritual life is not to be taken in six months' time. It's to be taken now. Now. Now is the time that we must ensure that we are on the right trajectory to ensure that we remain connected to God. Amen? It means we must continue to pray. But you know what? Despite knowing the fact that we must continue to pray, we don't intend, we never intend to neglect prayer. Nobody ever intends to do that. Yeah? But the reality is that it happens. The cares of this life, like Mark four nineteen says in the parable of sower, start to come in. We start to have all these things, you know, school run, this, that, and you have to do all these things. You know, because we had sessions going on 24-7, so you could come here at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 2 a.m., 1 a.m., and you knew you were guaranteed to get in there and pray. Yeah? But all this was going on at the same time. But guess what? It's not happening now. So what are you doing at 2 a.m. now? What am I doing at 1 a.m. now, 4 a.m., and all these times when we used to come here during the conference to pray? It's not in the interest of the enemy for us to pray. So he is going to do absolutely everything and anything He can to stop us from praying, but we must be aware of that. Amen? And sometimes it's not that we stop praying entirely. We don't stop praying. We just start to reduce in our fervency, in our diligence, in our consistency, and you know what? When it starts to go down like that, it becomes what I refer to as a microwave sort of life. Yeah? So this is when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you very much. Let none of these teeth fall out as I'm brushing you know? And that becomes our prayer, and that's it. That's what we reduce it to. But that cannot be what we continue with. Amen? Because when you finally take that MOT, if we do that, it's not going to be good news. So I wanted to do a quick demonstration this morning. Because, you know, they say a picture is a thousand words. Yes? You heard this phrase? I'm sure everybody has heard this phrase. Let's twist that a bit and say that a video is a thousand pictures. Yeah? So I want to to create a vivid memory for us. So if prayer were a meal, if it was the experience of dining, and if you are going to go out for a meal, right, if that was prayer, let's use that as an analogy. You know, Pastor Agu is always talking about, you know, he loves to go out for a meal, he loves uh, restaurants and, you know, loves to enjoy, he lo- enjoys dining out. So, I thought we'd use that as the analogy, right? So, let's take the extreme of going out to a lovely, fancy restaurant to go and have a meal. Let's take that extreme. And I, I think the guys are going to help us and show us what that might look like, okay? So, in a moment. Ah, there you go. So, we're going to go out to dinner. And you know sometimes when you go out to dinner, it takes effort, yeah? You have to drive there, yeah? You drive to the restaurant, that takes time. You might even have to dress up, you know? You put something on, you go all the way there, you come here, and you take a seat. You arrive at the restaurant, yeah? Things are served, everybody's happy, and if you are, if you, are you know, well off enough, you might even actually buy out the whole restaurant, so it's just you, you know? yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you just sit there, and then because you bought the whole restaurant, the chef himself comes out to serve you. Thank you very much. Thank you, chef. So, and if you thought it was some sort of play food, I'm sure I just want to show you now that it isn't, yeah? And I grab these. Don't look too close at this food, guys. We're in church. Okay, but rather than biting into this, I better not actually, well, I'm not, chef, forgive me, I think I'm just going to put this down before somebody says, this pastor just came to church to eat, but that's an experience of dining, yeah, it takes time, it takes effort, you dress up, it's a meal, it's a balanced meal, it's something that is nutritionally wholesome, does that make sense? And that's one extreme of prayer that's one side but on the other side could be the other extreme of something that is it's simple something you can do on the couch you come to the microwave and I'm sure you can see this this is popcorn by the way guys I'm just gonna borrow this you go to the microwave you open that up you guys love popcorn right I do you put that in Two minutes, and it'll be ready for us to eat. Yeah, but guess what? Like all good cooking shows, here's one we did earlier. We got earlier, so thank you very much, <laughs> the chef again. Let's appreciate our chef, ladies and gentlemen. This, by the way, guys, is Shun. Show. show is, a, you know, when is is a newly qualified Michelin chef. Yes, let's appreciate him. So he's a real chef, and show when he's not. When he's not acting like this, and when he's not cooking high-flying food, he also serves in the hospitality department. So let's appreciate him. And you know, a bowl of popcorn like this, this is easy, right? You just sit on your couch, you sit there, you're lounging, you might have a tub of ice cream as well, and you just, this one I'm going to eat. Mm? <laughs> if anybody wants to join me after service, feel free. Yeah? You want some? Ah, let me get you some. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Grab some popcorn, grab some popcorn. Tish, yeah. you want some popcorn? There you go. Auntie I'm sure you don't want any. Oh. Okay. Pastor Ken, I've had a service, join me. Okay. But you know what this is? Ladies and gentlemen, this is simple. This is couch food. You just sit there. And it's not even food, it's quick. It's a snack. It's not a meal. Yeah? And it's nutritionally limited. No wholesome, it's limited. Popcorn is still in my mouth. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, the microwave cannot be and cannot sustain us as we maintain, as we attempt to maintain a proper diet of prayer, amen? This picture that you've seen is not gonna be what's gonna keep us going. You might have that once in a while because of whatever, but you have to have a full dining experience And maybe things in between, as you grow, as we all grow in our prayer lives. That's done, by the way. So, see me after the service if anybody's interested. So, so as a result, I wanted to talk to us about something today, and now we're getting into the message proper. I want to talk to us about seven reasons we must not stop praying. Amen. So, if you have a pen, something you want to pull it out now, or you want to note down on your phone, whatever, that's fine. But I want to share this very quickly, and I'm going to move fast because of time, okay? Seven reasons we must not stop praying. Number one, God answers prayers. Amen? Pastor Wago did a whole message series about this, God answers prayers. Well, I want to add to that, that sometimes, progressively. Does this make sense? And I want to show you two scriptures. When God takes your case, he will not stop. God will not end. He will not stop prematurely until He finishes what He has started in your life. Amen? He will begin a good work in us. is faithful to complete it. Philippians 1.6. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a job promotion. Maybe it's an investment. Whatever you do, do not give up praying. You know why? Because sometimes maybe you see a little shift. You see something happen. God did something. And you think that's it. But God is still working. Yeah? And sometimes we give up because we think, oh, it's finished. But God is saying, I'm still on the case. So let's look very quickly at Mark 8, 22 to 25. And I'm going to, as I said, I'm going to move very quickly. If we jump to 23, this is when Jesus is healing the guy who is blind. yeah. And so he says in 23, And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. yeah. 24, and he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. 25, then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. You know what God said to me? This miracle happened in stages. If we stop praying, think about us now, at the end of stage one, you'll have thought that God was done. The guy will be seeing trees. But God said there was a second stage. And for us, we need to keep going in prayer. Amen? A similar story to that. Let's look at a story in 2 Kings 4, 32-36. And this is when Elisha is healing the lady's son who had died. And in verse 34, 2 Kings 4 32 to 36, from 34, it says, Then he laid down on the child's body. Moving on, and he stretched out himself, he, uh, he stretched out on him. The child's body began to grow warm again. Amen? Then it goes on Elisha got up in 35 and walked back and forth across the room. And then he stretched out himself, what? Again, on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Again, it was in two stages. I felt that God was saying to us that even if you see a little shift in that circumstance that you are in, if God has given you a prophecy, he said something, don't give up. Keep praying. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. Number two. Seven reasons we must not stop praying. God answers prayers sometimes progressively. Number two, your breakthrough could be around the corner. Amen? This story is from when the Syrians besieged Samaria, yeah? So a, there was a famine going on in Samaria. And Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, he besieged Samaria, and there was a great famine. And this is for the economists in the room. So literally, it was like a blockade, Yeah? So in Samaria, there was high supply, low demand. Sorry, high demand, low supply. Yeah? What happens to price? Price goes up. Price shoots up. Okay? And so, it says, Second Kings 6, 24 to 25, until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver and one-fourth of a cab of dove droppings for five shekels of silver. So it, everything was expensive. It was a very difficult time. And then chapter 7, verse 1. Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, a sale of flour or fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two sails of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this then be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Yeah? And then the story continues in verse 3. There were four lepros men, and if you think about it, leprosy meant that they were outside of the city. So these guys were literally trapped between Samaria, the city, they were neither in the city, and they were, on this side was the camp of the Syrians. Yeah? So they said to themselves, listen, why are we here? We're starving anyway. Let's go and surrender to the Syrians. If they kill us, they kill us, because if we're here, we're going to die anyway, right? This is what they said. So they took off, and they went off to the Syrian camp to basically try their luck. So verse 5 goes on and says, And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots, and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. And so they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they rose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. What's number two? Your breakthrough could be around the corner. What did that officer say? This thing cannot happen by tomorrow. And guess what? By 24 hours, in 24 hours. Let's jump to verse 16. Then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a sear of flour, as was said, was sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Have you been waiting for something long? Does this seem hopeless? Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Do not stop praying, because you never know. Your breakthrough may be around the corner. Amen? Amen. Let's move on. Number three. Spiritual contention. You know the story of of, uh, Daniel. And Daniel, from Daniel 10, 12 to 14. You know, there's some things that maybe on this side, we're just going to say that this knowledge is just too fantastic for me. I just don't know. Yeah, because it says here, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of pressure withstood me how long? 21 days. How long was the of God? Perhaps you prayed on day one and you are believing God for something, and maybe you haven't seen it. You know what the Bible says in Psalm 139, verse 6? Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Maybe there are things going on in the spirit that we cannot see. Maybe there are dimensions to what's going on that are not visible to us. Maybe we need to tap into the spirit ball, but maybe we're not even supposed to see. But God says, I am on your case. Like he said to Daniel, you have been heard. Yours is to pray and ask. If things are happening, it will be resolved. And what does it say? Continuing, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And then the expectation that Daniel had was met. Amen? Amen. Let's not give up. There might be something that you think is is holding something up, but God that we serve. Nothing is beyond him. Amen? Amen? Amen. Seven reasons why not to stop praying. Spiritual contention. Number four, you can cause God to relent. Yeah? You can can cause God to relent. The story of Jonah. We know this. God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh. All the stuff they're doing has come up to me. I need you to preach against all that stuff and tell them. Yeah? He tries to avoid it. He runs away. He goes off. Da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, he gets up on, on that ship, tossed overboard, belly of the fish, three nights. All this is going on but he finally goes back and obeys what God had asked him to do yeah and so we pick up the story in Jonah 3 5 to 10 but from 7 it says and he caused it to be proclaimed this is the king when he spoke to the king and the king heard the king caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell, and this is the key, God will turn and relent, if God will turn and relent and turn away from the fierce anger that we may not perish. Then God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Amen? So, even though God had intended, verse 10, to bring disaster on them, who knows? Who can tell? Perhaps your prayers can cause God to relent. Amen? So when we want and we need God to move, we know what to do. God may. Perhaps God will change his mind. But that is also an acceptance of God's sovereignty. We accept that he's sovereign. He may. He may not. Ours is to pray. Amen? And so... Ladies and gentlemen, seven reasons not to stop praying. We can cause God to relent. Amen? Number five, very quickly. Unity with the Trinity and within the body. Amen? Unity with the Trinity. John 17. Yeah, they're all behind me. John 17, 20 to 23. Jesus is speaking here. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe me through their word that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may know, may believe, that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I give to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them, and you in me. And jumping forward a bit, and and that the world may know that you have sent me. Amen? What I wanted to share, you know, Jesus' relationship with his father was a template for us. Yeah? Ladies and gentlemen. It was a relationship of a son who was always asking and a father who was always giving. Amen? And so, that picture that he painted there, it says, where is it? You father in me and I in them. So the Father is inside Christ, and Christ is inside us. So through Christ, we have the Father in us. Amen? That picture causes us to realize. I mean, if you, if you look at some examples, raising Lazarus in John eleven forty one. yeah? Jesus says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. The confidence is clear. Yeah? When he multiplied the five loaves and two fish... In Luke 9, 16, he looked up to heaven, he blessed them, and he broke them. Amen? Again, the confidence. He was asking his father. Yeah? At the crucifixion, even at the crucifixion, as he was about to give his life. Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Amen? Jesus asked. That equates for us to prayer. Ours is to be asking, God's is to be answering. It behoves us, ladies and gentlemen, that we should ask God in prayer. If we do not, we have no basis for which to complain. Amen? Seven reasons not to stop praying. Number six, very quickly, it pleases God. Yeah? It pleases God for us to ask Him. Seven, seven, Second Chronicles 7.14, popular scripture that we know. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen? Humility is crucial if they will humble themselves. Yes? But once you check that box of humility, you know, the Bible says God opposes the proud, First Peter 5.5. 5. But once you check that box of humility, the next thing is to pray. Amen? And the Bible says he will hear, he will forgive, and he will heal. Amen? He, he will, will, will. I take the Bible literally. I don't know about you guys. I take it. He will, will, will. So you do your own, he will do his own. Yeah? And I believe that that says to us that God is pleased when we pray. Amen? And finally, number seven. God himself says so. If numbers one to six did not convince you, this should, as they say, enough said. Yeah, without, the Bible says in First Thessalonians 5.17, in the New King James Version, the Bible says, pray without season. Amen? If you had no other reason, it says we should not stop. So just pray without season. In the NIV, it says pray continually. In the message, it says pray all the time. Yeah? But in the, the Passion Translation, which is uh, very quickly becoming a, a favorite here at Jesus' house, the Bible says, make your life a prayer. Think about that for a second. This is not even stop praying, don't stop praying, pray, don't pray. Your whole life, make it a prayer. It means that if your life is a prayer, prayer can't stop. Prayer just keeps going. And if that is not a picture that seals this home, then I pray that the Holy Spirit will make it clear to us. Amen? But this this is the core of the message. Seven reasons why we must not stop praying. But very quickly, I want us to have a little bit of a call to action. We've said these seven reasons, but in reality, life happens. Things go on. How do we make these things actually happen? How do we make them actually real in our lives? Amen? I want to give you this very quickly. And this is seven steps to keep the fire of prayer burning. This is going to be really quick. Seven steps to keep it burning. Make a commitment number 1. Yeah. James 5:12. But let your yes be yes and your no be that's it. Make a commitment. Determine that you are going to do this by the spirit and grace of God. Number 2, be intentional. Amen. Luke 5:16. It says, he himself speaking about Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Amen. Mark 135. Tells us again in the NIV, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place where he prayed. Solitary place. He intended to pray. Didn't want to be disturbed. This was an intention. Yeah? Ladies and gentlemen, be intentional. Number two. Number three, have a plan. Proverbs 16.3, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Have a plan over how you're going to run your prayer life. Amen? Number four, write it down. Don't just imagine it. Write it down because it says in Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. Amen? Even if you wrote it and you read it yourself, you will run in Jesus' name. Amen? Number five, just do it. Don't procrastinate. Just do it. Do it now. Whatever it is. Psalm 119, verse 60. It says in the NIV, I will hasten. And not delay to obey your commands. I will hasten and not, deb- and not delay to obey your commands. And number six, it says, enlist a partner. Ecclesiastes 4.12. Yeah? Sometimes you need somebody to help you on this journey. It's not easy sometimes. Somebody that can help us, you know, a prayer partner. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Amen? And finally, number seven, be accountable. You can have a partner that you're not accountable to. That's the difference between those two, by the way. Be accountable. And in Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens. Amen? So somebody can check up on you. And the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Amen? And those are seven steps that we can take on a practical basis to help us to keep the fire of prayer burning. So what is the legacy of Pursuit of God 2019 for you? The question we started with, is it an overflow? Think about it. Glass of water, you pour into it, it's coming up daps, right? Come, 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 it gets to the brim and then it overflows. Maybe it stops there. That's an overflow. But do we want to overflow or do we want to be overflowing? Which means that we keep pouring and it keeps overflowing. And for that to happen, we have to remain connected to the true source. John 15:5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Amen? And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Does anybody like popcorn? Do you like going to the movies? Yeah? I love that. I like to go alone, by the way. I don't want anybody disturbing me. You know, I love my wife. If you are watching like this, I love you. But uh, you know, sometimes, you, oh, what happened there? No, don't ask me what happened there. I just want to watch it. But all that aside. And then, do you like going out for a meal? If you think about these two things, next time you think about popcorn, think about your prayer life. Next time you're going out to a meal, think about what this analogy hopefully helps us to to picture. Amen? And so, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's it. I just, I pray that the word blesses you. And we just want to thank God. Because after Presbyterian of God 2019, we don't want to be in a place where we go up and then we come down. We've got to find the next level up and continue in the trajectory of growing in our faith and in our prayer lives. Amen? And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's just bow our heads. Father, we bless you. We thank you for your word. We're grateful, Lord, for your presence in this place. Your word says where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are in their midst. And so, Father, we're grateful that you are here with us. We ask, Lord, that you touch each heart at this time. Encourage us, Father. Help us to pray as we ought because we know that this is not just something that we do because our faith calls for it. It's something that we do because we love it. And so ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you to do something if you don't mind as we continue to pray? Can you just stand to your feet, everyone? And I just wanna make two very quick calls, very quickly. You know, one of the things I felt I left by the grace of God, the pursuit of God with me personally, and I thank God for this with all humility, Is that I feel like God has allowed me to come to a place where I can pray more, easier, and really enjoy praying. Want to pray. You know there's a way you can pray because you know you should pray. But there's a way you can pray because you want to pray. And I want to ask if there's anybody who feels. You don't even have to come out. You know, just raise your hand where you are. I just say a prayer with you. It's what Pastor Igo refers to as a garment of prayer where you delight in praying. And it's a place you want to go. You want to be in a place where prayer is a thing that you don't force. You're not trying to, you know, make happen. It's just something that, that you do because you're a child of God and you love to do it. Amen? Would you just, so I know, raise your hand just a little bit so I know I'm praying with you. You don't have to come out or really, anything, just so I know. Thank you, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for those hands. And so we'll just pray together. That the Lord will touch each and every one of us. That if we're praying this amount now, we'll be praying this amount next. If we're praying this amount now, we'll be praying this amount next. And we continue to grow. Amen? This spirit of prayer, we wanted to bring desire upon us. Let's begin to pray, you know, amongst ourselves. Even if you didn't raise your hand, just pray for yourself. Wherever you are in prayer, the Lord can always take you higher. We want desire, we want consistency, we want fervency in our prayers. We want a garment of prayer to come upon us. That's a statement I attribute to Pastor Agu. who we love so much. And so, Heavenly Father, for all my brothers and sisters who raised their hands, and indeed for all of us, O Lord, we just want to ask, Father, that you will just help us. Help us, Father God, to stand in a place where truly, Father God, we are able to pray, to enjoy prayer, to grow in our faith through prayer. That prayer will not be something we force or we engineer, but prayer will be something that we gravitate to naturally as Christians. This so powerful tool that you've given to us, that Father, you'll help us, Lord, to use it effectively. Lord, I pray for everyone who raised their hands, that they will indeed come into contact with your power and your fire, Lord. That their prayer lives will shoot into a place that they cannot possibly imagine. That their prayer will move mountains, oh God. Father, we bless Your Holy We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you, Father, that we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make a very quick second call. You know, prayer is a weapon. What God gave us in prayer is a weapon. And the weapon is only as effective as being in the hands of a trained warrior. To be a trained warrior means to know Christ. Not someone you were told about, but to know Him for yourself. By so doing, then you can take the tool, which is prayer, and use it and wield it effectively. Amen? So the necessary first step to be able to use the power of prayer is to know Christ. Perhaps there's one person. And if there is only one, that's the reason we are here today. Who cannot say that yet they know Christ for themselves? want to say a prayer with you because that step is important for you to be able to exercise the true depth of prayer anyone who's sitting next to you is either thinking the exact same thing right now is that me he's talking about or they've already taken the step you are about to take amen so if there's anyone And truly deep in your heart, the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you right now. You may have heard of him. You may have heard and read the history books. You may have even read the whole Bible, like somehow. But do do you really know him? If that is you, even if it's only one person, can I ask you to take a step of faith? One step of faith and just step forward if you want to come over here I just want to say a prayer with you so that you can take this necessary first step to begin the journey that we're all on it's the journey of life we all came to this world, to this earth born as sinners but Christ reconciled us to God Amen so if there's anyone anyone at all I can ask you to just raise your hand you know what I just felt the Holy Spirit just said to me that God is flexible if you don't want to come out don't come out you don't have to come out this is far more than just coming out so if you want to raise your hand where you are someone will come and pray with you but if there's anyone at all please just indicate somehow I'll tell someone next to you anyone we have one. Oh, let's praise the Almighty. Let's glorify the name of the Lord, everyone. Amen. Father, we bless you. We give you all the glory. Guys, thank you very much. I'll come over. I'll come over and, and, and pray with the person afterwards if she doesn't want to come out. That's fine. So, ladies and gentlemen, For all of us, I imagine that means that we know Christ. We're on the journey of faith together. Let's continue on that journey. And I pray that the Lord will strengthen us. The Lord will give us his grace to accompany us on every point on our journey. And so, Father, we bless your holy name. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We just ask, Lord, that your word, Father God, will indeed accomplish all that you have intended for it to. May your name be glorified. Blessed be your holy name, Father thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen.